Welcome to Hawks Live every Thursday, 7 to 9, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. I am Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moya. You guys can't see Paul Moya. He looks like he's ready for business right now. <laughs> he's got his button up on. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing well. You know, it's, uh, it's already Thursday. Is. You know why it got here so quick? Why is that? We played Monday. There you go. Short week. It, very short week. But no, doing doing well. Look, life is good. It doesn't always feel that way. Yeah. It's been a crazy two years. Now our Seahawks are, are they three and seven, three and eight? Three and eight. Oh man, that hurts me. But life is good. And we're, we're going to talk about that. Maybe uh, get some people feeling better about how they think about the Seahawks. I hope so, man. Life is good. You know, uh, they lose on Monday night football. Had a chance to win the game. Russell Wilson got the ball with two minutes and some chains left. Marches down the field. I didn't think he was going to be able to do that this time, honestly, just because of the way he's been playing as of late. Got in that position. You're on your own three or four-yard line. I'm like, no, there's no way. But you know what happens? The Ru- Russell Wilson sprinkles his magic out there a little bit, finds DK for his first reception of the game, picks up a first down with his legs, Hits DJ on a football, then finds Freddie Swain, middle of the field, 32-yard touchdown. Then they got to go for two. So this is the play that you lean on right here. A lot of crossing patterns going on. He finds Freddie Swain late, could have went to DK in the corner, uh, just falls short. But it ain't over. They line up for an onside kick. Boom, they recover the onside kick. Their best special teams player lines up illegally. That's Nick Valora inside the hash. You can't do that a pair. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you have to be outside the hash there. Again, I think it's, there's some silly rules there, um, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, maybe we would have had a chance uh, along the way. And what's really interesting is their field goal kicker gets hurt. Yes. And they decide we're not going to kick extra points anymore. And it ends up biting us because they end up getting a two-point conversion, even though we blocked one and, and took it back to tie the game 9-9. They ended up going for two and going up by eight, which forced us to have to go for two on that last uh, deal there to, to tie it. Which and was, on that on that fourth down, they might have kicked it, kicked the field goal. Yeah. And then it would have been up. And we yeah. had to score twice. So it's – we know what's weird to me. If you're a kicker, you should be able to kick the ball any type of way, in my opinion. It's like be, me being a receiver and go, I can't run that route. Can't catch that ball. I only catch the deep ones over my shoulder. I just don't get the kickers out there. Add value they to your game. practice it, too. I mean, it's, I mean, punters kick, kickers punt. I, I would throw this maybe a little different at you. We're out of safeties. Yeah. Bump. Bump. I Come on you. over here. I got you. All right. I, hey, look, no one's getting behind me. They might catch everything in front of me, more, <laughs> but no one's getting behind me. What if I throw it in front of you and now I square up on you? Now you got to make an open field tackle. You that, ready? That's where it gets tricky. <laughs> hey, Bump, are you lining up at 15 yards? Hey, deep. How deep are you lining up? Hey, Is it third and 35? 15 to 18 yards, Nass. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to bump and run. Hey, you know what happened? So my first time ever playing kickoff was in the NFL. Bruce DeHaven lines me up. He goes, Bump, you're going to go down there go make that tackle. I run down there. And I just dive. He goes, first guy down there, just take a shot. shot. I, don't, I, don't like know, I don't know what I'm doing. I just dive at his ankles. I'm pounding the ground because I missed the tackle, but I force him inside and my guys clean it up. I go, coach, if you just want me to go down there and take a shot, I got you. Now if you ask me to break down, square him up, grab cloth, drive to the ground, it's a different story. By the way, that's a great special team coach. Yep. I used to teach that too. I used to teach it even with my DBs. I, go, I, I don't care if you – now open field tackle, look, just find a way to get him. Grab him, I don't care. But when you come up towards the line of scrimmage, I say take a shot. I go force him to bounce it, force him to have to stop. I will blame it on everybody else for bad pursuit angles and not helping you. And I, my thing was it's about hustle. 
get there. I'd rather have a guy get there 100 times and miss 50 tackles. And other people are like, well, 50 tackles, you know, I'm exaggerating here. I go, because if you don't, if you start getting on them for missing tackles, instead of that guy getting there 100 times, he's going to get there two. Yeah. And he said, coach, I never missed a tackle. So I want productivity. And, you know, so to me, that's a great special team coach. First guy down. Uh, next, rest in peace, Bruce DeHaven. Gave me a chance. Now, you talk about tackling. Jordan Brooks is fourth in the league, tied for fourth in tackles. You got two linebackers in the top five. I look at that and I go, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because that, that tells me, I look at it, I'm like, man, that really shows the defense is really out there a long time because both of these guys are getting a bunch of tackles. And then I also look at it and I'm like, well, Jordan Brooks is the future. I want to see him mm. be involved and make these plays. He is a future. You know, he's, he's aggressive. Um, he's getting better in pass um, defense, too. You go from his system when he was at Texas Tech and basically spied the quarterback. He's a playmaker. He goes sideline to sideline. He's big. He's strong. And now all of a sudden, okay, we're his own team with all the different pattern you know, routes and different formations. And, hey, you're, you're, you're covering or you're crowding number three. Three all of a sudden goes away. You know, there's a scene behind you. I mean, there's so much that goes through a great zone player. And he's gotten better and better. But the thing I do like about him, and it's, and we need this, it's his aggressiveness. And you go watch him attack a, a an offensive guard or somebody. I mean, he 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 lets them know it. And so, I, look, I, tackles are tackles. I am not a fan of oh, you have more tackles than anybody else because a lot of times it means well, you guys are on the field a lot. Yeah, you guys have so many plays. And by the way, here's another thing: if you have a lot of tackles. Why do you have so many tackles? Are they attacking you? Um, <laughs> yeah, and again, that's not that always the case. But yeah. so I don't look at just tackles. I, and I also look at solo tackles versus assists. You know, today they throw assists as a tackle, and all of a sudden these guys have 14, 15, 20 tackles, and they're, you know, five solo, 15 assists. Um, but he's he's going to be a really good player. I, actually, he is a good player. I didn't know he was fourth in the league, though. That's impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. Now let's shift over to the 49ers. Man, I've been looking at them. And they do a lot of what I thought the Hawks were going to do. A lot of crossing routes, a lot of stuff underneath. They're using Kittle a lot more this year. They put him in the backfield as a running back. We've seen Debo Samuel back there. He's not, not going to play this week. They present a big challenge on offense. I know Jimmy G, your favorite quarterback in the league, <laughs> is productive. I mean, you threw it out there a couple years ago. He's going to hit the middle of the field. That's just what he wants to do. I've seen so many digs um, in this offense when I look at the 49ers, but somehow they keep completing this now we've seen this Seahawks defense kind of get exploited a little bit in the middle of the field uh, what do you think they have to do to kind of set the tone with the Niners coming up well no question they've got to stop the run first and what makes Garoppolo so difficult and why when you watch it on film or tape or streamed the, the reason why you you look at him and go oh, why is that you know it doesn't look that impressive they run the ball so well yeah. that you have to honor it. So when they do run their play actions and their bootlegs and things like that, he's got one of the quickest releases in the league, and he's one of the most accurate guys. But he's limited. It's between the numbers. And you have to protect that. You have to force him to throw the ball outside the numbers. That's the – I mean, it works. We know that. Our weakness has been a bit in the middle of the field, particularly behind the linebackers with play action. So we're going to have to be on it. The good news is, man, we've played them so much. We know how to play them. They they rarely dominate us. You know, we've actually dominated them much more, even than when they were good. 
So I, I'm not going to say we're going to get healthy. This game is going to be extremely difficult. Their defense is good. They run the ball well. They're playing confident. They might be the best team in the NFL right now. Really? Yep. Okay. I, I mean, with, we, the, we with talk, a great defense, too. With a great defense and a, you know, you, if you can run the football, yeah. run it effectively, it's it's a recipe for winning. We know it because the Seahawks have done it for so long. And then you mix in some play action behind it. You just get your quarterback to be efficient. Uh, you don't need him to be a world beater. And that's, you know, I'm looking at Garoppolo. He's not a world beater. He's got 13 touchdowns, six interceptions, but he's been playing better as of late. He's got a quarterback rating of 99, but they can freaking run. They're good at running yeah. the ball. And it seems like whoever they put back there finds a way to be successful. Elijah Mitchell, 27 carries, 133 yards, one touchdown. The last time the Niners played at Lumen Field, it was Jeff Wilson Jr. tearing it up. You know, you got Mostert who got hurt at the beginning of the season. They have a scheme that works. I look at these offensive linemen. They're aggressive, man. They're downhill. Once they get their paws on you, it's pretty much a wrap. That D-line is going to be tested this weekend. What do you think of this Eli Mitchell? I mean, haven't you know, I don't know much about him, but he's averaging 4.8 yards per carry. Luckily, Sam Hill's not playing because he averages 8.1 with all that fly sweep stuff. And actually, they were putting him in the backfield at times, too. What, what do you think of Mitchell? I like him. He, he's, he's fast, but he's patient at the same time. I love the way he really fills the zone. You know when you run a zone, you got to fill it. You got to fill that wave of linemen, the defensive linemen, push to your right as you look for the cutback. Because you're really just looking for the cutback on the zone, right? You're trying to influence everybody right so you go left. And he does a great job doing that. He finishes his runs. He gets downhill. He looks like every other running back that I've seen play for the Niners the past three or four years. It's like they have a type that works, and they always find that guy, and they're successful. Yeah, no, they, they have a, a, a tough scheme in the running game uh, for defenses, and that's why force him to beat you, throwing the ball. Samuel, their leading wide receiver, is not going to play. And, again, you know, here's a guy who 25 carries, 203 yards rushing, but in the passing game, he's already a 1,000-yard receiver. He has 56 catches, 1,000 yards. He's averaging 18 yards per, ca- or per catch, and he's had five touchdowns. I doesn't bother me him missing this game. Not at all. I hope I hope you get better, Debo, but uh, glad you're out this week. Yep. All right, when we return, we'll go, go deeper into the 49ers. That's right here on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus hanging out with my guy, Paul Moyer. Every Thursday, we are here. Now we're going to look deeper into the San Francisco 49ers. Here's some numbers for you guys. Total offense, they are ranked 12th. We are ranked 31st. Rush offense, they are ranked 6th. We are ranked 25th. Pass offense, they are 16th. We are 26th. Points per game, Hawks are at 19 points per game. They score that as 25th. The 49ers score 25. They are at 11, ranked 11. This word gets a little tricky. On defense, this is the sixth best defense we're going to face against the 49ers. They're allowing 318 yards per game. The offense hasn't found its groove yet. Now they're going up against one of the best defenses in the league, but Fred Warner is going to be out. Nick Bolsa is still there. He has 11 sacks this year, playing like a monster. These DBs are aggressive, Moy. I'm looking at this film, and those crossing routes that the Hawks had this week where no one was touching them, guys are riding with them, passing them off. It's, it's, it's a bit more aggressive out there, and I see why they're ranked sixth because they're aggressive on the back end, and they got guys on the front end that can get after the quarterback and a good linebacker core. This is going to be a tough game, but for some reason – the Hawks find a way to win. Russell Wilson is 15-4 against the 49ers, and he won the last three. Is this the game where he gets his groove back? 
Oh, boy, that's a tough one to get your groove back on. You got Nick Bosa. He's got 11 sacks. Uh, you know, why can you play things tight? I mean, think of the, the Seahawks, you know, in, in the glory days, uh, you know, when we were winning Super Bowls uh, and going to Super Bowls, we, a great pass rush. You can play a zone and, you know, but play it tight. Um, and that and that's what they have. They, they know they can play things tight because they have a great pass rush. Along the way, look, this is just a tough game. And, and I always say it's, it's when you play people. You know, when we played them the first time, I wasn't I, – I, I knew we were going to beat them. I knew it. Uh, this game, the, the last three games they've won, and, and I think uh, the NASA threw 178 yards rushing a game the last three yard, three games. I mean, that's that's world-class stuff. And not just that. They, they've given up 10 points, 10 points, and then to, to Minnesota, 26 is, was super hot too going into it. So – they're on a roll. They they look like the old 49ers a couple of years ago. They're healthy again. Grant, they're they're gonna miss Fred Warner and you're you're missing Samuel, which is those are their probably two best players on both sides of the ball. Um I guess you could throw Nick Bowes in there too. So there's a shot. I it's just, you know, we're not playing well enough yet. And here's what I tell people. I go, We are not a bad football team. Yeah. We're not. We have we've been in every game, we've had a chance to win. Pretty much every game on the final drive again into the fourth quarter. We've been with seven points. The only game was Minnesota when we were up 17-7 to and got away from us a little bit. We're just not a good football team right now. And I'm waiting for us to just let it go, to, to let, have Russell let it go. I think right now he's, he's being cautious in his throws. If there are things where there's a contested throw, he's not taking that shot. Um, for whatever reason, I think he was a little late. We mentioned it earlier, that two-point conversion uh, early on, or at the end of the game. I thought when Swain, he did open up, I think a year ago, two years ago, Russell lets that go as soon as it clears, and that's a, that's a two-point conversion. But he waited a half second too long, and then it you know, ended up getting broken up. So I, I think it's a tough game to get healthy on. Now, some of these matches that are going to be interesting are important. You mentioned that run game. Last three games, first Minnesota, they rushed for 205 yards, talking about the Niners and three touchdowns. First Jacksonville, 42 carries for 171 yards and a touchdown. Against L.A., 44 carries, 156 and a touchdown. So 44, so 156. 39, 42, and 44, the amount of carries. Then we go 205, 171, 156. So talk about being stubborn to the run. You, you were going to say it right now, 44 carries, 156. Now that's stubborn. Is that you know what's 3. crazy? Three point nine yards per carry. It's not like you're killing it. That's what I'm saying. So imagine if the Hawks were to do that, uh, rush forty four times for one fifty six. The craziness that will be going down right now with the twelves. You know why? Why? Because with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what you have, and you have to run the football. You have to. And I think people, and it's it's certainly evolved the last couple of years. You know, people think you know Russell can throw it. You know, and so. It's more of why are we letting a guy with that weapon and DK Metcalf, why aren't we unleashing it downfield uh, and throwing it 40, 50 times a game, you know, like Tom Brady and the, and the, and the, uh, the Bucks. It's That's the reason for it. But I still believe, and I believe this in my heart, the best way for the Hawks to win is the recipe that worked for nine years previous. You run the football. You play action it. You go over the top. You let Russell extend plays and make big plays. To me, that's the best way for us to win. Now, Debo's going to be out. Fred Warner's going to be out. But on offense, they still got some guys. They got Brandon Ayuk, 32 receptions, 432 yards, and three touchdowns. Where'd he go to school? 
I I I care. I don't I don't care with school, Paul. <laughs> ASU. He went to ASU. One of the greats out of ASU, other than Paul Moyer. I uh, still got George Kittle, thirty-five yeah. catches, four hundred twenty-five yards, and three touchdowns. And then Kyle Yushek. He is what makes this run game go. Yeah. I'm watching film on this dude. He's leading on the zone. He's leading up the gut. He's taking care of the end. That's one thing they do that I think the Hawks should do. Forget the naked boot. The naked boot is not working. Block that back in and just give Russell more time to throw the football because he's booting and they're they're banking on that end, flying downhill and biting on the play fake. And it's just not happening for some reason. I watched the 49ers. They're like, no, nah, we're going to take care of that for Jimmy. We're going to give him as much time as possible. And they do that a lot with Juszczyk. He makes this run game go. He doesn't get a lot of love, but he makes it go. Well, and when he is back there in a true fullback position, it's it's tough because you don't see it that much. And because he can go either side of the ball, it makes the or the linebackers have to cover an extra gap. And sometimes they'll veer it back too, right? He'll start to the right, and then he'll cut back uh, on the other side of the yeah. center. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's, it doesn't sound tough, but it, it is tough, especially when they run the football uh, that well. You know, for Russell – you know, I think Russell honestly can help himself out a little bit, you know, carrying out the fakes harder. You know, you got to carry those fakes out so they don't get down the line, <clears throat> especially on some of our zone blocking. Um, and if Russell does that, then when we do run a fake, maybe they go down the line and he's got a little bit more of an opening on a naked boot. Um, I feel like we've kind of gotten away from really selling a fake. And I – you know, I've, I've told you this before. I'm sorry to bring this up. You know, Bellevue High School, you know, playing uh, this week. We used to talk about the ball fake. And a, a good fake is worth two blocks because it can stop, you know, guys on two different gaps. Yeah. And the emphasis on it. I just I'm, I watch sometimes our play action. I just think we can be cleaner with that. Really sell it hard. I mean, you go back to the old um, uh, Peyton Manning days. Man, you, you couldn't tell if he was handing it. Or pulling it back from it and throwing it. So I think he could help himself out. But I, but I agree. I, a great fullback. And we used to do more fullback stuff back yeah. in the day. We don't do it anymore. Well, Bob, really quick, I want to jump in and give a little context on the 49ers run game. So they've had three really good games, as you mentioned. 39 carries, 205. 42 carries, 171. 44 carries, 156. You know what was in common in all three of those games? They're winning that football game yeah. against the Rams. The Rams went interception, then pick six. So they were up 17 to 14. So that allowed them to run the football against the Jaguars. They're up 17 to nothing against the Vikings. I was more competitive. They had a better run game last week, but part of how they're able to run as much as they are is because they're ahead in the last three games. So they can be stubborn. They can extend drives and run the football as to where the Seahawks have been behind. So it's a lot harder to do that. So what he's saying is the defense is setting up the run. The defense is like, look, we got you. We're going to hold it down. You guys take your time, control the pace of the game because they're not going to do anything against us and we're going to cause turnovers. That sounds familiar. It's familiar. It sounds like a, a recipe that the Hawks used to have here, um, but it's just not here anymore. And it is what it is. You know, you're not going to see the team of the past. You got to work with what you have now. Another matchup I'm going to be looking at Dwayne Brown versus Nick Bosa. Mm. Dwayne Brown's been in the league 14 years. Bosa is tied for fourth in the NFL with 11. Sacks. He also has 36 tackles, two tackles for loss, one pass defended, and 16 tackles for loss. 16 of those things. Is that why they signed Adrian Peterson? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they signed Adrian for a couple of reasons. Um, sometimes it's just to bring in a presence, a guy that's worked, who's been the very, very best at his position. Uh, his best days are behind him. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't help us. But also it's how to work, how to show up. 
how to read blocks. I, I, it is no, it, that's a win bringing him in. I wonder how effective he'll be in the past game because he's 15 years now. Maybe he's been in the league. He's 36 years old. We came in the league at the same time, 07. So, like, 14 years he's been in the league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and you lose Travis Homer, who was your best pra- pass pro guy. You're bringing Adrian Peterson. I mean, it's for depth. I still think Alex Collins is going to get the bulk of the oh. carries. I think DJ is going to be sprinkled in there. You're going to see some Adrian Peterson. I, I'm wondering how and how often they're going to use this guy. All right, when we come back, we are going to chat with quarterback, Seattle quarterback, used to go to Lake Stevens. That's Jacob Eason. That's next on Hawks Live. It's Thursday, 7.30. That means we get to talk to a Seahawk player. And this one I got a special connection with there, Paul Moyer. Special connection. Why is that? Hey, because he used to whoop my butt in high school. Goodness gracious, I coached at Monroe <laughs> High School. He went to Lake Stevens. I saw this kid throw a football. I knew he'd be playing on Sundays. Jacob Eason was good. Hey, Coach Bob, how you doing, man? Good to, good to be on. I called you Coach Bob. Hey, I still got a little love, huh? I, I've never, I've never <laughs> called you that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I like absolutely. It. Hey, man. Um, just one, I want to say it's been fun watching your journey. I know you've had some times during your journey where it's been rough. But you always overcome, and I'll never forget, man. We played you one year, and I saw you make a throw off your back foot to the other sideline on a rope, and uh, I knew there was something special about you. How how have you been enjoyed being back in the West, going to UW, and now being with the Seahawks? Man, I'm mean, like you said, it, it's well. First of all, it's, it's good to be home, and it's, you know, it's good to be talking to uh, you know familiar people again. Um, you know, it's been a journey, like you said. You know, I've been back and forth, back and forth, bouncing around a little bit, but. You know, I'm still still out here, you know, playing the game I love and doing the things I love. And, you know, uh, obviously playing for the Hawks is exciting. You know, it's, it's a hometown team. I grew up, you know, grew up watching them on Sundays and, and this and that. So, you know, it's just a fresh, you know, fresh feel, fresh team. And, and, you know, I've been here for a little bit, so it's not as fresh. But um, just, you know, the overall feel is excitement and, you know, and just, you know, positive energy and, and, and all good things. So it's good, definitely going to be home. Now, your Vikings are making noise, man. They're in the state finals. Um, you were a big part in developing that program. How satisfying is it to see them continue, like, the run that you guys created so many years ago? Uh, it, you know, it's awesome to see those guys continuing. You know, I yeah, I like to think, you know, I, I, was, I was a big part of that. And, and I know, you know, there's a lot before me that were as well. Um, and Coach Try and you know, all the you know, people on staff up there in that town specifically, you know. It's a great place to grow up and play football and, and it's, you know, super devoted fan base and, and, you know, all the above. So super proud of those boys for, you know, what they've accomplished this season. Obviously the state game's coming up is a huge one. And, you know, I'm excited, you know, for that matchup between them and GK. And uh, shoot, it brings me back to my senior year when I, when I ran out there against Moses in the, in the, in the playoffs and, you know, high school football is exciting. man. I know this is a huge opportunity for those guys. So looking forward to, to checking that out and seeing what they can get done. You were coming out of high school. I mean, you were the man. I mean, you're five-star quarterback. I mean, probably the best quarterback coming out of high school. Why now? Because, you know, we're – Bump and I both West Coast guys. We stayed on the West Coast. I went to Arizona State. He went to Washington State. The SEC was a little bit – some noise. I mean, you knew about LSU and Auburn and, and to an extent, Georgia, too. What what is the attraction in the recruiting process on there? And because when I was looking at some of the teams that, you know, you expressed interest of potentially going to, you really didn't have any Pac-12 teams. Maybe you did, but they didn't have it in in, in paper. What what is it about the SEC attraction? 
Um, you know, overall, I think, you know, the SEC is obviously a huge conference. You know, a lot of people call it, you know, the whatever their slogan is. But, um, you know, I think it all comes down to, you know, ultimately what the person, you know, wants to do. So, you know, and I, was, I didn't really – I wasn't deciding between the SEC and the Pac-12. I want to go to, you know, University of Georgia because of the – the staff and you know what what their, their their football history and everything there you know i also wanted to challenge myself and get out you know get out and try something new get my feet wet and something i wasn't familiar with so um you know georgia was you know another great opportunity to do that and you know just kind of expand my horizons and go meet new people and, and challenge myself in a in an all-new environment so um you know the sec is, is awesome you know so is the pac-12 you know i don't i don't want to get into comparisons because i love both and i played in both and you know, college football is college football, regardless of where you're playing. It's, it's a blast. So, um, you know, no, no comment on the, the comparison, but I think, you know, uh, SEC is a great conference. Pac-12 is a great conference, and it was, I was fortunate enough to be able to play in both and, and had a blast doing it. So, And, and I know head coaches and the coaching staff is, is, is an important part. And do you think uh, with SC getting Riley and just some of the changes there that, you know, maybe the Pac-12 has a better chance of keeping some of the West Coast talent at home? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, coaches are coaches are saying, you know, obviously that's a huge news for SC getting getting Lincoln Riley and and whatnot. But um, you know, like I said before, I think it ultimately comes down to the you know the recruit where, where he wants to go. And you know, obviously if, if he's a homebody or, or, or whatever, he grew up and, and and loved that you know loved that team, then he'll go there. But I think I think having a big name, you know, as a head coach, definitely might it might have a factor for some people. It's just you know, it's just whatever your taste is. So. Um, Hopefully, you know, I, I, I was one of the people who pointed up leaving Washington and coming back. So, and I know coach just made the comment about trying to, you know, keep the Washington kids in Washington. I think he, he mentioned that. Um, so that's cool. And I'm excited to, you know, for the new, for the newness of the next, next upcoming year. And then, you know, bowl season and all that with, with the, with the moves of, of college football. So really I'm excited to watch it all play out and, 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 and uh, be a spectator at this point. So now you're back home. I'm sure you go back to Lake Stevens and visit family. Can you even go out to a restaurant in, in peace, or are you constantly getting pictures and, and autographs and stuff, or do you kind of stay out of Snohomish County and, and stay more towards Seattle during the season? Uh, yeah, well, during the season, I'm, you know, I'm always uh, at work, and so I'm, I'm down here. But uh, I went home for Thanksgiving, and I went home um, for a night and bye week, and you know, Lake Stevens is always, it never changes. It's always Lake Stevens. Um, you know, in terms of going out to eat and everything and get recognized, it's not so crazy um, out here, which is nice. And, and you know, obviously I, I already have, you know, life, lifelong connections with these people back home. So whenever I do, you know, see people out, it's always friendly. So um, it is really nice, I will say, though, to be able to have Lake Stevens, you know, right there 45 minutes away in my backyard because, you know, a lot of good memories there. Obviously, family close to home is, or close to where you work is pretty cool. So, um, no, in terms of getting stopped and, and, and whatnot, it's pretty minimal um, and, and very friendly. So, I'm enjoying it. Hey, so you were a high-profile athlete coming out of high school um, while you were in college. What advice would you give some of these quarterbacks that are coming up? Even a guy like Sam Heward who's waiting to be the guy or guys coming out of high school. Like, what, what advice could you give them? I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is is there's so much noise outside of, you know, outside of the team, you know, for 
you know, a guy like Sam Hewitt or, you know, anybody, any quarterback at a, at a big university, there's so much noise. I think the, the, the biggest thing is just put your head down and work and, you know, everything will, everything will work out the way it's supposed to work out. Just, you know, trust your gut and go to work and, and, uh, you know, ball out on Saturdays. You know, that's, that's all I got. I think just block out the outside noise as much as possible and, and put your head down and work. We're visiting with Jacob Eason and, Jacob, you've been some really successful programs from high school. Then you went to Georgia, University of Washington, Indy. Now you're here. Three or three and eight, uh, which is unusual. Well, what is it like there? I mean, you, you've been around some different coaches. Uh, how is the mood in, in that locker room? Well, that's one thing that's really, really special and cool about this team is if you went to work, you wouldn't be able to tell if they're three and eight or eight and three. You know, by the way, you know this this locker room and this staff operates. It's Always positivity, always high energy, always competing. You know, in, in whatever asset that is, and, and you know, whether it's in meetings or on the practice field or you know wherever we may be, there's there's always this this aura of, of competitiveness and, and positivity. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of great leaders in that locker room, and obviously a great coach and Coach Pete. So, um, the guys the guys are hungry. You know, the guys are are, are, are obviously you know we got we got what few games left this season and, and we're gonna put our best foot forward and, and you know attack it but I don't think the the motto has changed at all so I'm reading up on you and I played against a quarterback named Tony Eason um, and I know that's not your father but your dad did play quarterback at Notre Dame um, do, do you guys talk I mean is there is he still trying to coach you up what's that relationship like Oh yeah, I, I talked to my dad just about every day, but he, he actually played uh, wide receiver at Notre Dame. So he, oh, he did. Uh, well, see, my bad. Yeah, the, the Tony Easton misconception all happens quite a bit. Actually, it's pretty. It's always a funny, funny story. But uh, no, I have a great, great uh, relationship with my pops. He's he's always been in my back pocket, and you know, always talk, you know, talk ball, and you know, we also talk other things, you know, father and son things. So um, it's just, it's really nice to have that, you know, every every weekend as well. So. Um, very fortunate to have him and my mom and brother and sister, whole family, you know, local. Hey, Jacob, um, you got to watch Russell Wilson grow in his career, win Super Bowls, local kid, and now you get to play with him. One, what's that like? And two, what's something that you've learned from him? Uh, I mean, it's hard to name, you know, one specific thing. The guy, you know, the guy is a true professional in, in, in every you know, every asset. So it, it's, it's pretty special, you know, to be a kid who really grew up a, a Seahawks fan. And, you know, obviously I, I watched Russell's whole career, like you just said, and, you know, seeing the highs, seeing the lows, seeing how, seeing how he's handled every bit of adversity. And, um, you know, it's pretty special to be in, in the same building and, you know, in the same QB room with him. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be in this position. I'm very excited to, you know, hopefully continue this, this relationship and, 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 continue to develop and grow in this position. And and there's not a lot of guys out there better than Russ to, you know, to have as a mentor. So um, the biggest thing I think I learned from him is, is, uh, you know, what I just mentioned is his ability to overcome adversity and, you know, you know, stay, stay solid through the highs and the lows of a season. It's pretty impressive. He's not very positive, is he? (laughs) (laughs) No, he's he's an extremely positive guy. He is. All right, man. Take care. Appreciate you taking time out of your day, man. It's been fun watching you grow over these years, man. Yeah, I appreciate you, Coach. Always, right. always good talking to you. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. 
We called him skinny back in the day. Yeah. Because he used to be skinny. Well, he's a... Uh, nice grown man. Well, guys, you know, what, 6'6"? 6'6", 231. 6'6", And he does have a cannon. Yeah, he I does. mean, he's got one of the most beautiful arms. You know, I'd put him up against anybody. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, he can spin it. He'll get a chance eventually. We'll see. All right, coming up next, we'll talk to the Professor John Clayton. That's next right here on Hawks Live. on a Thursday night. You're listening to Michael Bumpus and Paul Moore. Moyer. I said Moya. That's what I call Moya. Moye. I call him Moya. Moye. Moye, man. That's what they all called me when I played. Paul Moye. Enough about you. It's all about JC right now. John Clayton, how you doing? JC was feeling it, though. Not feeling. I'm not feeling too good. I've been coughing like crazy the last couple of days. So hopefully I can make it through this segment without any problems. Tea. Lots of tea, John. <laughs> there you go. Lots of tea. Hey, man, what are your thoughts on this Adrian Peterson signing? Uh, it's it's um, kind of like Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin a couple years ago. I mean, it's December. You're down two or three running backs, which they have been so much for the last three or four years. I mean, I don't think there's much more left on the street. So <laughs> there's a chance he can do well. He's a, he's a, big, he's a big back that I have power. Even though it didn't work out in Tennessee, I think he can do some things here in a couple of weeks. Is that? A, um, I'm sorry. Am I asking a question? Okay. Yeah. Sorry about That's that. That's what the head yeah, not yeah, means. Yes, oh, I don't know. It, yeah, it yes, went Moyer. quiet. It went quiet on me. I, yeah, I, yes, Moye. Moyer. There we go. So, so John, I'm just curious. I I don't know if you even know the answer, but just get your thoughts. Yeah. It, you know, Russell. He's saying that he doesn't believe the fingers an issue, but I it's. I've not seen him miss some passes like he yeah. has before. Just just your thoughts on that. If the finger's an issue, I mean, again, he's going to try to protect himself as best he can. He's worked so hard in putting himself in a position where he could come back as early as he can. I mean, you give him credit for that. But also, it's like, you know, some of the missed passes, I mean, you have to put on the finger. I mean, some of it you can say, yeah, the offensive line hasn't done a great job. But, uh, you know, the finger has to be affecting him. No question. John... Were you as disappointed as I was that DK did not get a tar- target in the first half? How hard is it not to throw it to number 14? Yeah. I, I, I've been disappointed now for about three, four weeks because it's not getting targeted enough. And, of course, when you saw it, and this, and this goes back to the finger and the throwing and all that stuff, you saw about th- three or four plays in the second half where he was open down the left side and Russell wasn't even close to getting the ball to him. I mean, he, he tried to throw it to him. He threw it too high. Uh, the passes were something that he could not catch, even though he's a great jumper. And so they've got to find a way to get him in sync. He's too valuable of a player. I know he's got 47 catches, and I think Lockett has about 53. But again, you're talking about a guy that last year went to the Pro Bowl, is one of the most exciting young wide receivers in the game of football, and he's not getting the ball. John, watching the 49ers, man, they they yeah. starting to look like they did a few years ago. Yeah, they got some people healthy, even though they're not going to have Warner or Samuel this week. But I don't know if – yeah, it'll matter, but I think they're hitting on all cylinders. Do you think they're legit playoff contender and also maybe even push to to be a Super Bowl contender? No, Super Bowl contender, no. But a playoff contender, yeah. I mean, right now they've got the sixth seed in the playoffs. But, again, such of the reason of it is that there's probably going to be two nine-win teams that make the playoffs. And so they're sitting there right now – with one game over 500, and so they do definitely have a chance. 
But Super Bowl team, no way. They're not as good as Arizona. They're not as good as the Rams. I mean, and then, of course, you know, the injuries always tend to catch up with them. You know, not only are they not having Fred Warner, who's the quarterback of their defense, you know, the guy who calls the plays, puts everybody in shape, he's got the green dot, but also they don't have Dre Greenlaw, who you know, just came off the injured list about a week or so ago, and he's going to miss the game. And then you know, they lose Debo Samuel, who basically is one of the mainstays of their offense, both catching the ball and running the ball. So they're a little bit vulnerable, but uh, in the end, I think they can make the playoffs, but not the Super Bowl. John, Jordan Brooks is tied for fourth in the league when it comes to tackles. Yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? And do you think he's ready to take over once Bobby's done? Uh, I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, the only one of the reasons that is that their defense is on the field for like 73, 74 plays a game. I mean, that's why it's up there. I mean, you know, you've got, uh, you know, certainly Bobby Wagner sitting at number one or number two as far as tackles, and he's there every year. But I think it's a good thing because he's a good player and because he's got good range and everything else. And I don't know if he can take over for Bobby Wagner because Bobby is a middle linebacker as opposed to Jordan Brooks, who's an outside linebacker. So that might be a little bit of a stretch. But in the end, I think that, uh, you know, he I think he's a good and he was a good choice. And for all the fans that are critical of how they're saying the bad first round picks have been, he's a good first round pick. You know, the one guy who's been playing really consistent, I think the most consistent for the Seahawks uh, all year long is uh, certainly Quandre Diggs. Yeah. Uh, and I think Jamal Adams has been playing very well the last really five, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you again, and it's probably early, but he's Diggs to me is next guy in line to get an extension. Agreed. Do they get that done? If not, they put him on the franchise tag. They can't afford to lose him. I know in the Pro Bowl voting, he's like number, uh, last week I think he was number two or number three. Uh, by the fan vote, and I think this year or this week he dropped down to number six. But again, he's one of the best safeties in the league. He's one of the better playmakers in the league because he's able to create turnovers and make turnovers, do those different things. So they cannot let him go. John, on the positive, what are your thoughts on this defense? The last three weeks they've held it close. Yeah. Every game they've lost, they've had a chance or they've been behind a touchdown in the fourth quarter because of the defense. Does this, does this defense deserve a bit more love? I think so. Yeah, because, again, the big problem is is that with the offense being as bad as it is, <clears throat> then they get to the middle of the third quarter, fourth quarter, and they're just exhausted. And I think that pays the price. That's why they'll give up those fourth, round, fourth quarter touchdown drives and long drives and things like that. But I think there's no question that they've improved. I think you can see better play at the cornerback position. I mean, D.J. Wagner coming back from his injury, I was looking at his stats, and I think he's only given up like 36.7% of the passes thrown against him. That's about as good as you're going to get. And so D.J. Reed, I think, has done a good job. And then, of course, you know the two safeties are real good. And then, you know, you got uh, some good things going on the defensive line. I just wish they could find a way to get Carlos Dunlap more involved. Yeah, that's uh, been surprising. I mean, he only had, what, four snaps last four week? Four snaps, God, yeah. That's, that's really surprising. By the way, uh, John, I just want you to know, yeah. uh, it looks like Bump has a little bit of a cold, too, and he's he's working the tea right now. Nice, okay. warm yeah. tea. It seems to be helping him. So because you have a little cold, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going now to you. What is on your mind, Professor? Well, what's on my mind is what happened in Tampa today because here you have Antonio Brown, you have his free safety in Mike Edwards and another player, that uh, they had fake, uh, uh, you know, fake vaccination cards, fake. And finally, it's like uh, Antonio Brown was lying about it and said, "Oh no, I've, I've been vaccinated, and there's not a fake card." Well, guess what? 
Not only did the league agree, but the Players Association agreed. They didn't fight it. And so, you know, he's going to be out now three games uh, until December 26th, along with Edwards. And because of that, you know, it's like, you know, the great signing that it turned out to be last year for Tampa has turned into a disaster last year. I mean, what, he's only played maybe, what, three, four games or something like that, and now he's going to miss three more because of this? I mean, again, fake vaccination cards, that's absolutely ridiculous. Just get vaccinated. Well, John, we're all married men here. We know that honesty is the best way to go. He should have been honest, John. (laughs) He should have been honest, no doubt about it. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. You know what time it is. It's 8 (laughs) o'clock. It's It's dark. It's dark outside. We in the Northwest. Time to talk that talk, Moyer. I'll get us going. First question I got. Will Adrian Peterson score a touchdown for the Seahawks before the season is over? If you had to ask me that a couple days ago, I said no. But having listened to Pete Carroll talk about him and just how great a shape he is and how good he looks, uh, I think he's going to get some touches. Now, look, I don't even know if he'll be active uh, this week. I think they maybe ease him in uh, a week from now. But I'm going to say yeah because I think he's the guy, particularly down by the goal line, he, look, the guy knows where the end zone is. He's a legend. So, yeah, I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say yeah, too, because of those same reasons. This is AP. We know he's old, 36 years old. That's old. In football. How old are you? I'll be 36 in 13 You're days. old. I'm old. In football years, that's old, but he is a legend. Like, you get that man the football when you're down the goal line. There's no 32 here. If Chris Carson was here, then you know what? He gets all the love down there. You make sure he gets his money. But you got – DJ Dallas, you got Alex Collins, guys who are good football players, but they don't have the resume of AP. And out of respect, right, especially when you're at home, you want the 12s to go nuts, you give AP the ball with a chance to score and he gets in there. Imagine how crazy it's going to be in there. It's wild. So think about this for a minute. We're 3-8. and It's been a struggle. When they signed him, I get why. I mean, Penny's on IR, Carson's on IR. Uh, I mean, you know, we're down to small numbers there. But, you know, it's also brilliant in that you bring somebody in that everybody gets excited about. And, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more. Who Was there a guy that showed up on your team or maybe you played against that you were in awe of? I guarantee AP walked in the locker room and there were guys going, wow. I know Turbo. He was tweeting out, man, I mean, my hero, my hero. I ain't all the stuff he tweeted out, but my hero. <laughs> Um, so I think it's a brilliant move just to get some life back maybe into practice in the locker room. So pretty good. Um, all right, number two, 49ers last three weeks, won three in a row, and they've won four of their last five. The last three games they average 178 yards a game. That's not even the impressive part to me. It's they've been averaging almost 40-plus attempts per game. But let's stay on the yards because I think a huge key to this game is we've got to shut their running game down. Will the Seahawks' defense hold the 49ers under 150 yards this week? This is probably the only time you're going to hear me really go against the Seahawks. I don't think they are. Washington football team rushed for 152 on 43 carries. Sounds familiar. That's what the 49ers are going to do. The Hawks just aren't really great against the run with teams who are decent at it. Washington football team was decent at it. 49ers, that's what they do. I mean, Gibson, they just allowed Gibson to have his best game of the season, 29 carries, 111 yards. I just don't see him doing it. And the messed up part is if they don't do it, 
it says they're not going to win this ball game because the last three games, the Niners rush are over 150 or around there, and they win. So if they let them get loose, I don't see it happening for them. So you're saying no? I'm saying no. All right, I was – you kind of almost talked me over there just listening to that, um, and it's it's mainly the number of rushes. And and we're a team defensively that's a bend-don't-break type of defense. You know, we, we give up 12, 13 play drives and six, seven-minute drives, and that's running the football. You don't do it throwing the ball. But because Samuel's out and he's a guy that 220 – we had 203 yards, you know, that's an extra, you know, that 20 yards a game type yeah. thing. And we know the 49ers so well, I'm going to say we're going to hold them under 150 because I know one thing about Pete, when he's determined to say, hey, we're stopping the run, they usually do. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to say, yes, we're going to we're gonna hold them under 140. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Okay, next one. Will Jordan Brooks become an all-pro linebacker? He's fourth in the league right now in tackles. Yes, he is. And as I've mentioned before, it doesn't always mean you're having a great year. It just means you got a lot of tackles. I don't know where those tackles are. Are they downfield? Are teams thrown on you a ton? Are they run tackles? Are they pass tackles? I'm going to say yes because he he's really gotten comfortable. He he attacks a line of scrimmage. I mean, he's our one thumper there at linebacker. I mean, he will he'll hurt linemen. He'll hurt the running backs. He'll hurt wide receivers. His hustle, it it shows up on film. And now he's starting to be productive. And the one thing about it is tackles matter. I mean, people look at that on PFF and all that stuff. Um, And I think he's playing well. He's getting better in pass defense. He's going to have to get a couple interceptions and sacks or get some impact plays. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be this year. But uh, I think maybe in the next couple years that's in play. I'm with you. I see it happening. This guy is – He's everywhere. I saw him scrape down the line of scrimmage, get a TFL last game. I've seen him in open space make tackles. He ran down a receiver and just blew him up last game. He's trending in the right direction, and he's learning from one of the best running back, excuse me, linebackers to ever do it. So I don't see why not. Like it, like you said, it's not going to happen this year, but in the future I see it. Yeah, it was it was a good pick. I, I mean, I liked him coming out of college. He's um tough scheme to – transition to the NFL. There's so much to learn in the past game and he's getting better and better. I just I see his upside is it just continues to get better. I um one that's a little off the wall, a little away from the Seahawks. Yeah. I'm, and I'm kind of shocked I mean we're even doing this one. But who makes a deeper run in 2021? Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And I it's it's crazy to even be saying that right now. Yeah. It is crazy. Why? Because New England has a rookie quarterback who is getting it done right now. You match that up with a decent defense, they got a chance. Like you look at Tampa Bay, you got the GOAT over there doing his thing with his weapons. Decent defense. You brought everybody back. Um, they're not performing like they did last year. But the thing about Tampa, people don't remember, they didn't get going into the playoffs, really. They were good during the regular season. The playoffs, they turned it up. Who's going to make the, uh, the, the furthest run? All right, so who is Tampa competing with? The Green Bay Packers. They're tough. Uh, the Rams, Arizona. 49ers, potentially. 49, I mean, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. And so on the other side, who who are who's New England competing with? Kansas City? 
It was, it, it was gotten hot again. Yeah, Baltimore. Nah, I decent, mean decent. Yeah, I mean, there's no world beaters in the AFC. You know what? I'm not going against the goat. I'm not going against the goat. I've done that for 20 years. You know what he did? He laughed at me and won seven Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going with Tom Brady. He's going. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, you know me. I'm a Tom Brady fan. And Tampa Bay's defensive line, their, their front seven is so good. Their secondary is not. They're 20th in the league, pass defense. Um, you know, they've been inconsistent this year, even though they're third offensively. But they're 23, you know, yards per game rushing the ball, which they're not trying to rush it. They rush it just to, you know, keep you honest along the way. I'm going with New England. Going with Mac Jones. And, and the, the reason why is Bill Belichick. He gets to the playoffs. You know what he does. I think the competition's easier. The competition in the NFC is brutal. Yeah, it is. I'm going with the big upset, even though I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. I'm going with Bill Belichick that goes farther. And I, and you're not crazy for it. Honestly, these guys have won six in a row. Six in a row with a rookie quarterback. The things that Belichick, the system he has over there when it comes to tying your shoe to put, wearing a tie, <laughs> it works. Guys go over there and they just win. He had one down year. It says, you know what, let me draft my quarterback. I gave the people what they wanted. Cam Newton was here for a little bit. All right, let's get back to business. And I'm not mad at you. I, I'm I'm like 49-50 when it comes to this because I really believe in the, the New England way. They don't have fun, but they win, boy. They win. <laughs> <laughs> they have fun. When they win, though. They probably don't have fun much in the practice and locker room, but I'll go on a winning team and not have fun any day. All day. All day. All right, when we return, we will go inside the film room. Jamal Adams' interception. Russell Wilson finding Freddie Swain, and then Wilson being intercepted on a two-point conversion. We'll break those down. That's next on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. We get to go inside the film room, and me and Paul really enjoy the film room. If you are a young football player, Get to know your opponent, self-critique, and how do you do that? You hop on huddle, and you watch all the film that you can. This first play we're going to break down, second interception by Jamal Adams this year on second and nine in the second quarter. He gets a pick. Second down and nine. Heineke again with time. Throws down the seam. Logan Thomas ball is picked off by Adams. Picks it off downfield. He starts to run, but he had been tagged down, and so the Seahawks will take over the ball there as it's popped up in the air. Logan Thomas gets blasted by Diggs. Ball pops up. Adams makes the interception. His second interception on the season. Defensive so, guy, that's you. What yeah, you see? I'm sorry. I was just looking for my leader. Um, look, this is really well played. Uh, you know, they've got a two-by-two two form. Actually, we've got three wide receivers, a tight end uh, as well, on the left-hand side. Um, we, I can't. I don't know if it's complete cover two. I, I think it's definitely cover two up top with Jamal Adams. Uh, it might be quarters down at the bottom, just the way Sidney uh, Jones r- runs out on that uh, play. But it's just really well played. And the linebacker's the one who did win this thing for us. Um, we, we do, again, I don't love this uh, part. You know, we've got... I guess essentially a five-man rush, and but we drop one of our defensive tackles, so it ends up being just a. Actually, we drop two guys. It ends up being a three-man rush. I don't love it because you're really just covering air in in this situation. But both our linebackers run with the seams, and this one, Bobby Wagner, the guy starts to bend it back to the middle. He does a great job. I mean, we run with the seam. We're in the middle of that. We get a tip ball. Jamal Adams is actually on the backside of the way it's thrown. It's a tip ball. 
And he's in, I would say, if he's just around the football, you'll get interceptions. If you just play the, the patterns properly, you're going to get a tip, a, an overthrow every once in a while. You're going to get a couple interceptions a year just doing that. Really well played. And we are getting better. I mean, we're getting better in pass coverage. It's just taken us a long time this year. Diggs did something that is so hard to do in the NFL these days. Smack somebody legally. He put his shoulder in Logan Thomas's chest. He creates that chaos. Jamal Adams is in the right spot. It's amazing what happens when you are in the right spot. Bobby is running with the seam like he's supposed to. Got Sidney Jones at the bottom running with the vert. This is what you asked for right here. I mean, there's always things that we could kind of pick on, right? Um, no, There's no perfect play. There's always something that Absolutely. you can do better. But this is what this is supposed to look like. And this is why this defense has kept this offense within striking distance. Every game, even though they give up 15, 16 play drives, for some reason, every now and then they'll show up and make plays like these. You know, you mentioned Diggs on that play, and you're right. I mean, he had to swivel his hips, you know, it, to get back over to that play. When I when I saw it initially, and I saw the wide receiver's head snap, I go, oh, man, they're going to call a penalty. But it's, you know, it's perfect form. You know, it gets the shoulder right into this chest. Uh, again, good play. We're starting to see more and more of that. All right, this next play, the biggest play of the game for Russell Wilson. He finds Freddie Swain for a 32-yard touchdown with 15 seconds remaining on the clock. Three receivers right side, 22. Russ looks, pump fake. Now he's going to let it fly. He's got a man, Swain! Touchdown, Seahawks! Right down the middle of the field! And you can hear the Seahawks fans in the stands. Russell Wilson throws a dart. Swain right down the middle. What a 33rd birthday for Russell Wilson. A 32-yard touchdown strike. And now the Seahawks have to convert two to tie it up. Nothing, nothing is out of reach for number three. Nothing too complicated about this play, these routes combination. They're in a three-by-one, three receivers to the offense's right, one up top. That is DK up top. All they do is run verts. You got a cover two. Oh, might no. be a might be a Tampa look with that. That's an extra defender in the middle of the field. He does nothing to Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain's the third receiver. He's in the middle of the field. Now Lockett runs a go, holds the safety. Gerald Everett runs a go. So now you got three guys running a route on one safety. He's got to choose and be patient. And because he has to choose and be patient, Freddie Swain is able to work the middle of the field late. Russell does a great job of stepping up. He, I think he's looking for DK initially. Doesn't like it. Steps up in the pocket. Sees 18. Throws a dime. We're going crazy watching this play. Yeah, when I when I see this play, um, this is why I don't like cover two when you get towards the red zone. It's just it's too hard to cover it with the safeties. But I definitely don't like it when you have three wide receivers to one side unless you play a form of Tampa two. And that just means whoever's on the third wide receiver – or anybody in that position, they've got to run down the middle of the field with them. And it's weird because it looks like it's a safety. He's in position, and he just drops coverage. And now Russell is looking to his left. I think he's looking for DK on the left-hand side. DK on the left-hand side, I believe he was. Um, You know, that safety widened because DK took a a, a kind of a – tried to get an outside release, and the corner went all the way to the sideline. So now – that safety's in no man's land. Russell looks him off, and there's no one down the middle of the field. I thought Russell was going to run it, but Russell always has his eyes up. He's always looking downfield. And, again, that, that's vintage Russell. I mean, I, that, that was a nice play. 
I'm just glad, glad uh, Freddie caught it. Because, I mean, so wide, so open. wide open, man. I've seen good receivers drop those type of footballs. We need more plays like that on offense. Okay, Hold on, but before you get to the next play, I wish we could take people inside the boardroom suite upstairs when we're watching <laughs> games in this studio. We went absolutely nuts when Freddie caught that football. We're just fans like y'all. Y'all don't see it behind the scenes, but we're going as crazy as everyone at home is. Most definitely. Glad insight there's the inside right there inside information all right next play russell wilson is intercepted on the seahawks two-point conversion attempt russ has time looks looks now he fires inside reaching up and intercepting the ball in the end zone and that's going to do it kendall fuller russell waited he had time he was looking for somebody to come open and he fired a dart inside that's intercepted in the end zone First of all, they they played this really well. Talking about uh, Washington football team, this this play looks like it's initially designed to go to our right. He's certainly looking for I think Gerald Everett to go like a an arrow into the flat. They man, they they play a three on two in this, and they play it beautiful. And it's something I, I mean, I love this down at the goal line. Anytime in the red zone, this is a great defense. Now look, Russell comes backside, and I'd really believe Russell a year ago or when he's confident. He hits Swain because as soon as Swain, he makes an outside release on the left side and then he bends it back into the like an end or a post. There's not much room, right? You're on the two-yard line there. Yep. And he's open. But Russell, I just I, whether he didn't see it or he just wanted to wait a fraction more for him to get open. And because of that, the safety, really a guy who had no business being there, came off one of the guys he was covering and ends up making that play. I think you said it right. This is a confidence throw right here. If Russ is confident, as soon as number 16 Tyler Lockett flashes across his face, he knows that guy is going to be open. He throws to the spot, not to the man. Yep. Right here he threw to the man. And when you get down here and there's not a lot of space out there, you got to throw to the spot, not the man. you got to anticipate a, a lot of these throws out here. And then DK has two guys on him, but they're behind him too. And I'm surprised he's not looking for DK initially on this thing. It takes DK a while to get through all the muck in the middle of the field. You got guys who run with him. Uh, two guys on him, but they're on his back hip. Rush just a little late. Like, I'm not mad at the decision. Just a little late. Yeah, they, I mean, the, it looks like, again, the play's designed. They, they thought they had some type of man-to-man situation, so they run a bit of a rub route for Gerald Everett into the flat. They just zoned it off. You know, they just, you know, it's like playing basketball, and, you know, once they – you know, go to their positions, you know, I'm, I'm playing a spot. They played this really well at the point of attack. Russell came, like I said, came back. And here's the thing. I, we've seen Russell do that a million times. Yeah. And that's why I said, okay, it's just the confidence or just the timing, just not quite there. And that's why I said, we're not a bad team. We're just not playing well right now. And that's, you know, your record is what it is. You know, we're three and eight, but that's, that's part of it. When an offense is down on the two-yard line, I love just crossing guys up, right? You make them communicate. If they're a man, they got to run and get through all the stuff in the middle of the field. How do you feel about the play call? I, I, I like to play. I, I think they were expecting man, uh, and that's what that play was designed to do. Um, I also know that you like crossing routes yeah. as a defensive coach, and I like to play kind of the coverage that they did, a combo coverage, a three-on-two. So – I just let you guys do your thing, you know, and, you know, one guy's in, one guy's out, and I just kind of zone that off, and then I pick it up man-to-man. They played it really well. Now, to Russ's credit, he saw it immediately and came backside. And, um, you know, I'm sure he's he's looking at that one going, oh, 
I should have came back so just a little quicker and made the throw. Make you know, just let it go. And that's that's really the difference right now. You know, big plays versus just plays. Just a little late. Yep. And uh, thank you guys for staying up a little late. My mom goes to sleep at 9, so 825 she is, is a little us? late for her. I don't know. She might be listening. Mom, if you're listening. Mom, you listening? I love you. All right, we return. We'll go around the NFL. Does Carolina have buyer's remorse? Do you still have faith in Lamar Jackson? Are the Rams in bigger trouble than people think? Did Big Ben wait too long to hang him up? We'll let you know next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live every Thursday, 7 to 9, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. Time to go around the NFL, but we're going to talk about something real quick. Auburn. Adrian Peterson is here with the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm sure some of these young players were like, that is Adrian Peterson. I mean, this guy's been in the league 14, 15 years. That's an awe moment. What was your awe moment? couple of them. My, my very first awe moment was my second year in the NFL with the Seahawks. We lost Kurt Warner, first game of the year, and we brought in Franco Harris. And I was like, man. Now, I was not a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. I was a Raider fan. Uh, but the immaculate reception, you know. But it was that, wow. I, I'm playing with Franco Harris. And couldn't have been a nicer guy, too. I mean, just just unbelievable. Um, you know, some other ones, you know, Jerry Rice when we had him. You know, I was doing the, I, I want to say I was doing the sideline stuff at the at that time. And uh, so I got a chance to interview him. And that, that, that was pre- pretty fun. But the player going up against the player, Walter Payton. Yeah. And I played against him when he broke the record. We played in Chicago. I'm wow. not going to get that tape. And I just remember the sweetness was so amazing. Such a great human being, too. But, you know, to me, I, honestly, I, I, I think he's the greatest running back. And I know that's so subjective. But just the way he played and how he played. And there's some great Jim Brown and, you know, Barry Sanders and Emmett. I mean, there's a bunch of great ones. But something about sweetness. That Those are my three just wow moments. My first one was Rossum. He was towards the end of his career, made a living in Atlanta being a good return guy. I wanted to be a good return guy like Rossum. Saw him my first game playing against the 49ers. I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, man, I just want to show you love. I've been watching your whole career. He goes, congratulations being pulled up from the practice squad. Wow. I'm like, how do you – like, you took time to see who's getting pulled up? I mean, that, that was love right there. My second one was Edrin James. I didn't even know he was going to be on the team. It's my second year. We go into the locker room, and I see these, these dreads and some gold teeth. You know, he made dreads and gold teeth okay in the NFL, right? And then I look at the locker, it says E. James. I'm like, there's no way that's Edrin James. <laughs> it went over, shook his hand, what's up, man? Nice to meet you. Been following your whole career. Showed a lot of love. Taught us some gambling games we could play, <laughs> you know? That, that was uh, Frank O'Harris. Taught us Boo-Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was like just an OG showing a young guy some love. So those are my two wild moments. All right, I got to throw two more at you. So you guys know the Tom Brady one yep. when he I met him and then you know this is in the prime of his career but it's probably ten years ago and how he treated my son second to none I'll, I'll forever love him um, Muhammad Ali you met Muhammad Ali and got a photo with him wow and we did a, an event and had him and you know he was he was still able to converse a little bit I mean he was certainly into the Parkinson's uh, disease at that point. But that's one of my favorite photos. And he was just so gracious. And I remember he looked at my wife, and it was like, he kind of looked at me. I go, yeah, she's pretty, huh? He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> he just kind of shook his head. So, yeah, that was my awe, awe, awe moment. 
All right, I got one more. Give it to me. It was before I started working here. I got Coach of the Week from the Seahawks when I was Ooh, in Monroe. A little flex. So a little flex. Coach of the Week. Yeah. So I get invited to a Thursday night game, I believe. We're down on the field. Boom, boom, boom. I grew up a 49er fan. I know you guys hate that out there, but I grew up in California, either Raiders or Niners. I was a 49er fan. And I'm walking by, and Steve Mariucci is right there. And I'm like, Steve Mariucci was like the coach, you know, Steve Young, all those those good years over there in 49ers. And I shook his hand. I'm like, hey, man, I appreciate everything you've done. And uh, he looked me in the eye, was very humble. I appreciate you and all the support, boom, boom, boom. I walked by to my wife. That's Steve Mariucci right there. She goes, who's that? <laughs> I'm like, don't worry about it. She goes, why didn't you take a picture with him? I go, yeah. I, you know, it's we're on the sideline. He's working. I'm, I'm not going to go there with him. Uh and if it, there's only a few people I want to take a picture with. Well, I'll fanboy out. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and probably yeah. Ali. Other than that, I'm like, you're just, you're, I appreciate you, but you're a dude as well. I'd like to have it on my wall, but it's not a must one. Yeah. We didn't take a photo with Tom Brady. I asked my son, hey, you want to take one? He goes, Dad, like, you're embarrassing me. And I'm like, man, I'm just telling you, you're going to regret this yeah. like in 10 years. Yep. And I'm the one who regrets it. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's Tom Brady. He's the greatest player. Yeah. Le- quarterback but probably the greatest player in and oh that's history. a different debate well i'm just saying the accolades i mean accolades he's, he's been the quarterback and you know 77 super bowls it's pretty good yeah yeah all right let's get to around how the many NFL. you said 77, yeah, 77 yeah, look, I'm, I'm just trying to one up i'm trying to flex a little no i'm you know i'm teasing how many super bowls have there been like 58? <laughs> Not even <laughs> All right, let's go around the NFL. This is a good one right here. Does Carolina have buyer's remorse? What Cam say? I'm back. I don't know, Paul. Five for 26. A quarterback rating like 2-9. Um, he looked bad. You know what was interesting about him? And this is why I think he's done. Um, I've seen him throw, and, and for a lot of time, I go, wow, he's got a shoulder problem. There's something not right mechanically with yeah. him. And I watched him again last week make some throws, and it was, I mean, it was hard. I mean, this is a big, athletic, strong man, and he could barely throw the ball 20 yards downfield. So, yes, I think they have buyer's remorse. I think there's a lot of incentive clauses built into that. Yeah. But the guy who played before him played pretty well. PJ. And they won. Yeah, and now I, to me they're they're in a tough spot. Give PJ a chance. He went five for ten, eighty-seven yards, one one interception. Cam Newton went five for twenty-one, ninety-two yards, two interceptions. But if you go the game before, I think uh, is it PJ? You said. Yep. I think he had a pretty good game. Like you know, high percentage rate. They won big. Well, the, they lost to Washington before that. They beat the Cardinals. You want to look at that game? Yeah. Against the Cardinals, he was 22 of 29, yeah. 167, one interception. You know, I'm, but you won. Yeah. And then you get it, and now you're disrupting it, bringing Cam in. I thought I thought it was strange. I would have brought Cam in, but I said, you know, we'll five, see. Five to eight plays? Well, give, or, give him something. or if he's not playing well. Now you're shot, but I'm not going to take him after we just won, and we've all rallied together. I, I to me, that's disruptive. I think that's more of a PR move too, though, right? Keep keep the fans back in it. Well, Cam was good against the loss against Washington. He was 21 of 27, 189, two touchdowns, also 10 carries, 46 yards, and one touchdown. So yeah. the wheels just really fell off last week. That they did. The wheels on the bus don't go round and round all the time, boy. Yeah. Nope. All right. Do you still have faith in Lamar Jackson? Oh yeah. Yeah, no question. The NFL's hard, people. It's a hard <laughs> game. You're going against the greatest athletes in the world, 
uh, really smart coaches on every team. I know you don't always think that's the case, but they are. You don't get to that position without really working for it and, and showing your mettle. Um, so yeah, sometimes you just have bad games. and it, No one's figured him out. No, I mean, it's that's on him. But he can throw it. He can run it. He's still, as a defensive coordinator, not many answers. And guess what? They still won last week. Yeah, I know. It was ugly. He threw four interceptions, one touchdown, 165 yards in the air, 68 on the ground. But they still won the football game. Isn't that why we are here, to win football games? It's called a coachable moment. We won, yet four interceptions. Don't do it again. (laughs) Okay, are the Rams in bigger trouble than people think? They are. When you start losing, they've lost three three in a row, four in a row. Three in a row. Um, Yeah, I I just – we know Stafford, and now he's starting to fall into the old trap when he was at Detroit. Good arm, good player, good numbers, but now he's starting to have really bad, untimely interceptions, and turnovers are, are brutal, and he's had a bunch every game now, and it's he's, he's a direct reason why they're losing. They've got some injuries, but I'm also defensively they're struggling, and that's something I, I haven't seen. They have the talent. They'll probably flip it at some point. But you start, you lose again. Now you start doubting yourself, and you don't ever want to doubt yourself in the NFL. Yeah, they're they're in trouble. Well, thankfully they're playing the Jaguars now. That helps. So that that's going to help them. After that, they got the Cardinals, then the Seahawks, mm. then the Vikings and the Ravens. Yeah. So it's going to be tough, tough towards the back end of this thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they look so good on paper. My goodness, you got Stafford. I think the running back situation is kind of iffy with Sony Michelle, uh, but you still got Cooper Cup. Woods, if Woods was there, I think this team looks a big difference. But you got. Odell Beckham, you signed Von Miller, you still got um, well, Leonard got Floyd it. over there, Aaron Donald, Ramsey. I mean, you're looking at it, you're like, how is this team losing like this? Three games in a row, that's tough. All right, last one. Did Big Ben wait too long to hang him up? <laughs> well, I think Pittsburgh waited too long to hang him up for him. We saw it last year, and we saw it early on this year, even with the Seahawks. He can't throw the ball downfield anymore. It doesn't move. But one of his greatest strengths is you couldn't sack him. He was just too big, too strong. He would just stiff-arm you away. He didn't have that anymore. Um, yeah, it, it, it's time. And I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, you have a Hall of Famer, a guy who's won Super Bowls for you. Yeah, you try to do the right thing, but they're still a bit in the hunt. I, I just, yeah, he's just not the answer. This is it for him, though. Real quick before we get out of here, Paul, you mentioned Muhammad Ali, yeah. and I just felt like our listeners who've been staying up with us this whole night had to be blessed with some Muhammad Ali before we go to break. Bad, been chopping trees. I done something new for this fight. I done wrestled with an alligator. That's right. I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. Bad dude. Bad. Fast. 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 Last night, I cut the light off my bedroom, hit the switch, was in the bed before the room was dark. Incredible. Fast. Hey, so they say 1979, Sugar Hill Game recorded the very first rap song. That was it right there. He was spitting bars right there, Moyer. Well, he was gifted, obviously, as a boxer, but, I mean, his words, his intellect, I mean, the stuff he went through, which today now you, you become a hero. Uh, he's, yeah, he's an impressive man. Big ups to Muhammad Ali. When we return, we'll give you our final thoughts and keys to victory right here on Hawks Live. 
Hawks Live. Time to put a bow in this thing. Last segment of the night. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Boyer. Keys to victory. What's your key to victory? It, it, I mean, it's pretty easy. We, we need to score more points than them. And that's Solid. It. That's Solid. It. Well, I'm going to make it somewhat simple. Defensively, we just flat out got to stop the run. I mean, whatever that means. I mean, they can't go for 170, 178, what they've been averaging the last three. And, and I think one of the, the other ones, the defensively, we're six in the league in points given up per game. But we, can, we can't lose this time of possession the way we've been doing. We yeah. can't have these six, seven-minute drive. We can't play just bend, bend, bend. It's okay. It keeps the points down, but it doesn't give the offense an opportunity. We've got to start turning the ball over, three and outs, winning some of the field position battle. And that's the part where I just said, look, we're three and eight. Let's, let's just be more aggressive. Let's be more aggressive in how we jam receivers. Let's be more aggressive playing some man-to-man at times. Let's be more aggressive in blitzing. We got nothing to lose. And I would do it when they're backed up, too. Let's get off the field. Let's see if this, our offense can get the ball at the 50-yard line. And that's where they need the help. And to me, that's the big key. I think it's the same story every week. Be better on third downs. They had five consecutive three and outs in the second half last week. DK needs more targets. One reception uh, in the fourth quarter is not good enough. Russell Wilson needs to be the Russell that we've become accustomed to seeing. And you're right, this defense can't let him rush for 150. So let me ask you this. As we, as we, we're three and eight, and we're, we're not out of the playoffs, and the Seahawks certainly are going to play like they're not out of the playoffs. But let's say they're out of the playoffs. I mean, realistically, they're out of the playoffs. Is this an opportunity for Shane Waldron and, and Russell and them to maybe say, let's let's try some different things now? You know, let, let's 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 start looking to next year. Same thing defensively. You know, let's let's start playing some guys. You know, look, I, I know this may be a little controversial. Let's give Jordan Brooks some time at middle linebacker. He's the future there, no, right? I don't think you do I that. I know that's kind of blasphemy. Yeah, okay. You don't do that. But hey, I, Bobby. I just, hey, Bobby, go nah, sit on this Bobby's, bench. <laughs> Bobby's not good. Bobby plays every down, and I think he's played every down on defense this year. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just an opportunity to rest him, too. I, I do get concerned about him. The number of plays the defense has been on the field, and he's been on every one. You know, it's okay. I, and I, I don't know if that'll happen. That's kind of like taking uh, Cal Ripken out of the lineup. You know, that probably yeah. doesn't happen. But I, there can be a positive to, not, to this season the way we finish. I want us to finish strong. I want to find an identity. And I think this is a chance we can actually try some things without worrying about necessarily the end result. I'm okay with them trying things, but I feel like as long as they are technically in the playoff run, right. that's their mentality, right? That's Pete's mentality. That's Shane's mentality. Uh, Ken Norton. Yeah. So it, it's hard to be like, all right, let's try something new when we're, we're still in this thing. Or, well, it's okay to try something new, but personnel-wise, I think they can't start experimenting with guys and say, all right, is he going to be the guy next year? Now you lose this game and the next game, I think you can start doing that. Yeah, I'm just thinking, again, more of a philosophy. You know, instead of saying, hey, look, let's go ahead and be aggressive defensively when they're backed up. Let's not play let's, uh, on offense. Let's try, and I don't even know what that is, but let's go ahead and let's, let's it's fourth and two from the 40, our own 40. Maybe we go for it. 
You know, I, and I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. And again, yeah. I I'm not a big believer in going for fourth downs all the time. I mean, again, you go for it and you don't make it. Everybody gets mad at you if you don't go for it. And everybody gets mad at you. You know, it's 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 armchair quarterback, money, you know, quarterbacks, uh, all that stuff. But just dial up the aggressiveness just a little bit because why not? I don't know. No, I'm, it out there. no, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's okay to switch it up. You do the same things over and over and expect a different result. That's insanity, right? Um, offensively, I want to see more combinations. I feel like the combinations are like sometimes are like high school stuff. Like, okay, this is what my high school kids can handle, my quarterback specifically. Let's let's run these type of concepts. Where I look at other offenses and I'm like, oh, I like that. But it comes down to protection because if you want to get creative in these – in these uh, these concepts, you got to be able to protect. And honestly, Russ took some hits last week. Yeah. I went back and looked at it. He's on his butt a lot. Ten quarterback hits the Washington football team had on him. If, if the lie's not going to protect, it's it's kind of hard to be creative on offense. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. You start trying to get these long, intricate routes. You got to be able to protect, um, and and not just protect. I mean, you you've. The, the, you, if you do a maximum protection, and again, if you, the defense is top properly, all of a sudden I see everybody block tight end block backs are in the in the backfield. So I now know it's a two max three man route, right? That defense immediately flips to maximum protection defense, and so I now play this more of a combo man to man coverage. And so you're right. If all of a sudden they're taking that away, there's no one to throw to. If I do now put my out, you know, the drop outlets, you know, check downs. Now I don't have the protection. So it's not just an easy fix. Everybody goes, well, why aren't we running these different routes? Well, we better be able to protect long enough. And with that, that means I'm going to keep more people in. And if I, so it, it's not a simple answer. You know what else I want to see? I want to see the linebackers carry the seams like they did against that play we broke down against the Washington football team. Because against the 49ers, those seams are going to turn to digs and they're going to cross the middle of the field. If you can disrupt that, and take away what Jimmy wants to complete, I think you really have a chance. Yeah, I think you have to jam it a little bit, though. Um, the, the one thing that we do that if, if you don't get a pass rush is if you carry the seam and now on my backs to the quarterback and they throw the check down, man, it becomes a 10, 15-yard play. Yeah. So in zone, I, I've got to cut it off and still be able to look back into the quarterback. Right Now if he's not looking, I can start to slough off a little bit. So there's there's a lot that goes into that too, but that sounds difficult. It's not difficult to me. It's second nature, but I was taught <laughs> that my whole life, and flex. I taught that the whole way too. No, it's not a flex. It's just zone. I feel the receiver. I still got to look at the quarterback for checkdowns. Play action. Yep, I'm running to take away a route. I'm t- I, I may have to p- go to my turn my back, but that's where again, hey, you know, you call them off at that point if you, there's a safety there. So, you know, look, that's why you get paid the big bucks as offensive coordinators, right? You guys see what we're doing. All of a sudden now I'm carrying the seam. I'm running with the weakness of a defense in the three-deep zone. Guess how how do how do I hurt you? Well, all of a sudden I have a little late check down, and I split that for 10, 15 yards. So, yeah. I love the way Gerald Everett has been inserted into this offense the last couple of days, last couple of weeks. Um, there are three passes that were thrown to him that Russ just missed. He could have had eight for dang near 100 yards if Russell completes those plays. If there's one thing I want them to keep on doing, it's find ways to get this guy the football. Most guys miss. The first guy usually misses with Gerald Everett. 
and he's got hands. I think if if you throw a catchable football, he's going to make a play. No, I, look, he was he's a good signing. Um, I can't imagine Russ having three bad games in a row. I mean, because he's been off. That's just not Russell, man. I mean, he's been off in some decision making, but certainly accuracy. You know, the, his release point. Or, I don't know what it is, but when he airmails guys wide open on third down, that really easy throw. That's not Russ. So I just. It's his third game. I mean, he's back. He should be, you know, I don't know how much that finger's affecting him. I just can't imagine him not having a good game for Russ. I don't know if we're going to win, but I just I don't think it's going to be because of Russ. You know what I think is going to happen? One thing I can almost bank on, I think Diggs is going to have interceptions. Okay. I really do. Just because the way they work the middle of the field, he's able to freelance and, and get downhill on those things, cross the middle of the field. I believe he had one against the 49ers. Last time that they played, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think that was, yep, that's what got the party going uh, because he he read the end cut and they're going to do it. They're going to start George Kittle in the backfield and swing him out. They're going to start George Kittle wide, even. They don't have Debo, so now you got to look at Brandon Ayuk. I think uh, I think Diggs is up for a big game. Well, you, you mentioned Kittle, but <laughs> keep an eye on him at all costs. He's like uh, Kamara when we played New Orleans. You can't let Kittle beat you because without Samuel, Kittle's the one. He, you can't let him beat you. All right. That's going to do it for us, man. That was fun, Paul Moyer. Thanks for hanging out with me every and Thursday. And we just going to give some love to our moms? Yeah. Because right? I know moms. they're listening. You know they're, they're both listening. listening. Yep. They, they're our biggest fans. Love to the moms. Yep. Special thanks to Jacob Eason and John Clayton for joining the show. Our board operator, DJ Wilder. Our executive producer, Nasa Chobie. The Hawks pregame show was live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumpus, with Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.